Psalm 52, page 474 in the Pew Bible. And here you see the title, which gives the context of the words, context to put the words into, to the choir master, a mosquito of David, when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul, David has come to the house of Ahimelech. Psalm 52, starting with verse 1. Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good and lying more than speaking what is right, Selah. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living, Selah. The righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name for it is good in the presence of the godly. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we sometimes get very bothered when we see a lot of people believing something that we know is not accurate or is not true. We can see the damage that boastful liars can cause. And it's even worse when boastful liars twist our words or misinterpret our actions to justify their wicked deeds making it look like we are partly to blame for their evil. Psalm 52 would be an appropriate psalm to sing in that kind of situation. That's what the title indicates for us. The context of the psalm indicated by the title points us to a specific situation that we just read about where Doeg, the Edomites, report of a meeting between Ahimelech and David caused a massacre in the city of Nob. And although he could have confirmed that Ahimelech hadn't known that David was fleeing from the Lord, or at least said if, if he, di he didn't know if Ahimelech knew or not, Doeg didn't. His tongue was razor sharp. His words may have contained partial truths, but in the end, the, the, but in the end his tongue led to Saul's command to kill the priests at Nob, which Doeg fulfilled with gusto, even going to the city and destroying the, the, every man, woman, child, and animal in the city. And then we read together when David heard about it, he immediately took the blame because he had seen that Doeg had been there. Now this title of the psalm tells us how we can use Psalm 52 even today. It, it sets the, the type of situation, the type of context when we have a similar thing, where someone's words cause harm and we feel to blame. And so God gave us this psalm to teach God's anointed king how to respond to these kind of attacks from the devil. First David, and then Jesus Christ, and then finally all who follow Jesus Christ. We have here the, the response we need to give. It's a lesson from the Lord to the church 
about how to respond to people who use their tongues to corrupt and to deceive and to destroy other people. And then, how privileged we may be to dwell in the house of the Lord where truth reigns. And I preach this gospel under the theme that those who trust in the Lord to uphold the truth will flourish. The psalm shows us that the, the Lord sees through the lies and we see the Lord's purpose prevails. So Psalm 52, if you have it open before you, you can see it starts with the word why. Why do you do these things? If someone says that to you, why are you doing these things? They, they, they're asking you a question, but they're also showing that they know what you are doing. We see that description exactly of what the people were doing that follows the why question. And it's a, it's a reminder that the Lord sees and knows exactly what we're doing. The church is, or the Lord, nor his church, is fooled by lies. And although at times we may be powerless to, to stop the powerful lies, we can see what is happening. That's how the psalm begins. It says, why are you doing this? Everybody can see what you're, what you're doing. God knows why you are doing this. God knows what you love, as we see in verses 3 and 4. And so Psalm 52 also confronts us when we are in a web of lies. And the question comes to us, why? What do you hope to achieve with your lies? Do you realize how dangerous it is? And then Psalm 52 also gives us the words that we can use to tell those who are destroying the truth what God promised to do to those who attack his people. You can see that in, in verse 5. Basically, every, everything that liars who trust in their own wealth and power are, are trying to build up or to grow through their lies, it will all be broken down like broken structures or fallen down tents or uprooted plants. It's in verse 5. All who praise themselves instead of God, they, they will, all who put their trust in their money and in their earthly power instead of the steadfast love of God, they will come to a quick end. It's a very clear warning against those who persist in breaking the ninth commandment. It's a reminder of Paul's instruction in Ephesians 4, verse 29, that we saw as we were walking into the church building today displayed on the screen. Do not let any corrupting speech come from your mouths. And then Psalm 52 in verse 6 also predicts some seeing and some hearing and some laughing. Because the laughing is in the context of the righteous seeing and fearing, which points to, to their understanding of the holiness of God, we can see that the laughing that is mentioned is not a vindictive laugh. It's not like the church is, is happy that people who trust in their own wealth and might will be punished. But it's the kind of laugh that we might feel if someone asked us to join them in trusting in their wealth instead of God. Like we might laugh at a person who, who leans his weight on a, on a spider web and tells you, hey, you can lean on the spider web too. It, it can support the two of us. It's a ha-ha, no way laugh 
or the laugh we might, we might utter when we see someone trying to do something we know won't work. You can't fit a square peg in a round hole. A flea can't trust in his minuscule legs to, to push against a whale. You can't fool the judge of the earth with your boasting and your lies. And if you manage to bring destruction through your lies, your lies only accomplish their purpose because God allowed the evil to happen. We see that the Lord's purpose prevails. Again, if we look to the title of the psalm, we see the specific application of the words. There's a connection between the words of Psalm 52 and all those times when someone says something to betray God's servants in the hands of the so-called mighty ones in the earth. And the psalm also helps us when we feel at least partly to blame for tragic events that we think might not have happened if we had done something differently. After David heard of the slaughter that took place because Doeg had seen him with Ahimelech, he felt like he was to blame for the slaughter because he had not hidden what he was doing from the Edomite. However, the Spirit does not allow David to include this blame-taking in the inspired response of Psalm 52. David had not put them to death, and his response showed that he had not even wanted them dead. And so when we look at the psalm in, in, in the time when it was, was put together by the Holy Spirit, it's very interesting to see that in the psalm we don't see anything about blaming ourselves for what boastful liars have accomplished. The church is not told to sing, I should have done more. Or if I had just waited until he left. Or if only I had confronted him right then or at least left some guards there to protect the priests. And so we ask, why did the Holy Spirit not teach us to blame ourselves for our part in tragic events, even if our part was done in weakness or negligence? It's because such blame-taking actually shows arrogance about how much we can impact things, as if God depends on us to fulfill his saving work, as if the Lord needed David's perfect wisdom and perfect obedience in order to accomplish his purposes. And this becomes clear when we look to the background of the event brought to our attention in this title, and we looked at that a few weeks ago in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and chapter 3. And then we see that those priests, those sons of Eli, who were killed before they were old men, is exactly what the Lord had said would happen many years before. The ungodly descendants of Eli were not killed because of David's oversight but because this is what the sovereign God had ordained and had made room in order to make room for his faithful priest. David, too, had to learn not to trust in his might, but to trust in the wisdom of the sovereign God. And Psalm 52 would help him to do that. 
Ultimately, David, as God's anointed, was under the attack of the father of lies, the the devil. It was the father of lies who was trying to topple the anointed of God. Psalm 52 was the response that God gave us to use whenever we face these attacks. The Lord Jesus Christ could sing the words of this psalm as he, as he watched the father of lies manipulate the false witnesses who were testifying against him, using his own words against him, seeking to devour him with their razor-sharp tongues. And those who follow Jesus Christ will be able to sing this psalm because, like their master, they too will face opposition from the father of lies. Whether your name is King David and you are prefiguring the coming Christ or you are a Christian in 2024. And you can use the same approach of the psalm when when confronted with lies. You can ask the question, why are you doing this? Then you can expose that you see what is happening. Then you can warn of what the Lord does to those who lies. And then you can present the gospel just like Psalm 52 did. And so the psalm confronts others, but then also it confronts ourselves, doesn't it? When we're struggling with our own sinful nature, when we're using lies to defame and harm others. Why? Why are you doing all these things? God can can see that you are trying to use lies to interfere with his plans he will destroy you for your laughable defiance. I will not let you bring you down with me. I will, I will not let you bring me down with you. And I will never stop trusting in the Lord because that's the gospel. Those who trust in him will flourish like a green tree. Psalm 55 and Psalm 52 reminds us not to put too much credit to, to the liars. Or else we might join them and be uprooted with them. Better to laugh at their futile attempts than to believe that they can do anything to interfere with God's sovereign plans. He will fulfill His purposes. He will fulfill His promises. He is sovereign. We can trust in Him even when we feel very vulnerable at the the power of the words of others. We can trust in Him. We will flourish like an olive tree. And for this, as the psalm ends, we thank, we praise him, and we wait, we hope in him to reveal his name in the presence of the godly. Amen.